Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Parisa Shirazi Shavoya. Thank you for coming and being willing to share your story. I've got this huge introduction. Let's see. (laughs) Parisa Shirazi Shavoya is a double graduate of Marquette University. She did her undergraduate degree in political science, did that in 2016. And in 2023, she received her MA in educational policy and leadership and now is working, doing wonderful work as a yoga teacher and healing guide. So, Parisa, what's the story you want to share with us today? Yeah, thanks for having me, Sheena. I really want to share more about my own healing journey and how wellness has played such a big role in that. Okay, so how do you identify, Parisa? Yeah, I identify as a queer Iranian-American woman. And were you born in Iran or were you born here? Yeah, great question. I was born outside of Chicago. Both my parents are from Iran, came here when they were young, and my brother and I were born in the U.S. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. So tell us, how did you get on the path that you're on now? It's been a journey for me. I have always been really interested in movement. It comes from my culture. Iranians are very expressive people. We're very creative people. And so as a young child, I always really loved to move. But I would say I'm almost 30 now. Throughout my 20s, there was this desire to learn more embodiment practices where I was able to find healing and rest through movement. And yoga became that tool for me throughout my 20s. But two, three years ago, it became even more pivotal when I was experiencing physical ailments from my chronic pain condition of fibromyalgia. And then mental health concerns really drew me towards yoga and sound healing. So how did you go from being a practitioner to being an educator or a healer, a yeah. healing guide? Honestly, my own story like surprises me too. It took me by surprise. I was feeling really drawn to working in higher ed. I had roles in different capacities and felt really driven in that way and came to realize that I was neglecting my own needs for a long time. When I was in service positions, I wasn't prioritizing my own health. And I started to realize that I wanted to go deeper into yoga. So I signed up for a yoga teacher training program, not really knowing where it was going to take me. And I fell in love with the practice and the idea of sharing that modality with other people and started to teach friends here and there and then really grew to love it so much that it expanded to what it is now for me. What's been your greatest joy as a yoga practitioner? I love seeing people rest. The last 
couple of minutes during a class is Shavasana, which is the time of complete rest. People are able to be still during that time. And every time I get emotional seeing it, of seeing a group of many times adults, I work with mostly adults, so peaceful in that moment and just with the busyness and all the concerns that we have in our lives every day, just seeing people rest in that way feels like such a great privilege to be able to guide people into that state. And to actually truly rest and not just sort of, you know, what is it, just kind of a performative rest as Uh opposed to? Yeah. How has your identity informed the choices that you've made? A lot. So the classes that I teach right now, I really prioritize them being trauma-informed, accessible. I work with people of all different backgrounds, individuals who have chronic pain conditions, who have disabilities, people who are pregnant. And I think my experience of my own healing journey of learning how to better support myself and also having a chronic pain condition myself has really drawn me to being more empathetic and understanding of other people's realities. I've been doing a lot of extensive training to be able to learn how to work with people well. And my background as a Iranian, we're culturally very hospitable people. We love to serve other people, hold space for other people. And so that has always naturally been a part of my journey. But now to be able to do it through yoga has been a really cool way to be able to share that. So now do you offer your courses, your classes throughout the community? Do you have a particular space that you use? Yeah, great question. So currently I'm at a space in Bayview, but I'll be shifting to a new space that I'm hosting my classes called Moving Galaxy in January of 2024. And I teach five times a week there. And then I also host monthly sound healing sessions at that space, but I also do sound baths at other locations all throughout the city. So I'll collaborate with organizations. I have done some at Marquette for students, and it's an opportunity for people to experience the modality in different spaces. Sometimes going to a yoga studio doesn't always feel accessible for people, and so I try to go to where they're at, and that's been really fun to work with folks in that way. Excellent. You would you said you work with children from time to time or not? I've worked with high school students, but I won't do under high school right now. Yeah. I really feel drawn to working with adults. So how has the, the theme of the mural resonated for you? I came to Marquette in 2012, came to a predominantly white institution as a Iranian woman, a woman of color. And I remember feeling confused on how I wanted to carry myself in this new institution. And then in my senior year, when this mural was created, it was this really exciting time to be able to see people like me represented. I think it's empowering for myself and so many other women, Marquette's campus, especially young women who are in these formative years of trying to understand how do they present themselves? How do they see themselves show up in different spaces? And I think it's a great way to be able to start these conversations and for people to feel supported. What women of color have served as inspiration for you? So many. (laughs) Yeah, I've drawn inspiration from my current work from a lot of other women of color yoga teachers, specifically Indian women. I also have felt a lot of drive to do the work that I've been doing overall throughout my 20s of serving people and supporting people well from Iranian women who have been at the front lines of women liberation movements for years now to historically in the U.S. so many women of color being the front lines of peace movements. My previous work before yoga was 
teaching peace education and supporting people, young people in that way. And so it's been really cool to have wonderful examples throughout history and now of how people are speaking up and advocating for their rights. So this year's theme revolves around wellness, right? Self-care. How has your wellness practices really helped you overcome challenges on your path to healing? So yoga in particular has helped me a lot with my physical ailments and mental health. So physically with the chronic pain that I had, I was able to alleviate a lot of the discomforts that I was carrying in my body. I was able to find a modality that was sustainable for me where I didn't have to rely on medication and other tools. Movement had become my medicine. And also when it came to the mental health aspect, I had become so busy with my life (laughs) and didn't know how to really quiet my mind. And that was resulting in panic attacks, high stress levels, Yoga and meditation has helped me learn how to be still and to be comfortable with just being on my own and being with myself and really listening to myself in ways that I hadn't for so long. Sound healing itself, sound healing being the practice where a practitioner plays different instruments to help someone come into a state of meditation and rest has helped me have space to process what has happened in my past. (laughs) to learn how to heal from past traumas and abuse and learn how to move forward with what I want to do now. Whereas before these modalities, I felt very stuck. It was hard for me to look forward and I was living very much in the past. And so it's given me the opportunity to move forward. And it's been really fun to share with other people. I have a lot of people who come to me for sound healing who experience insomnia or mental health concerns or are living very fast-paced, high-stress lives and just need a release. (laughs) And it's been really cool to be in community, especially with other women of color who are moms and are juggling so much in their everyday lives. And it's a space for them to feel safe and just be able to process emotions and to let go for a bit. So when you talk about sound healing, is that employing like recorded music or Mm -hmm. do you play instruments in the class? Yeah. So I did a training where I was able to learn multiple different instruments. I curate a session for people where they'll be usually lying on their back. I'll walk around folks and play instruments above them. These sound therapy sessions are where people are being exposed to frequencies that help them come into the state of rest and can be really healing for people who have experienced trauma and they're able to process and release within these sessions. A lot of times we carry trauma and tension in the body for years and not realize it. And for me, with my own fibromyalgia, I was able to release a lot of stress that I was carrying in my body and find great relief. What's been the role of women of color in your healing, especially as you're trying to, you know, meet the challenges and and overcome some of the ways in which they can kind of stop you? I'm super grateful for the women of color friends that I have in Milwaukee. I'm super grateful for my Milwaukee community of just seeing how other friends have addressed challenges they've gone through and I've just learned a lot about patience (laughs) and seeing how other friends have experienced challenges different than mine, but just seeing that patience that it takes to get to know myself, go to all the doctor's appointments and learn what needs to be done. And there's so many facets to my condition of fibromyalgia from gut health to sleep to physical abilities. And so it's required a lot of 
trusting myself and taking the time to learn what needs to be done. And I'm really grateful for online resources and other women who have shared with me. And it's been a journey that I'm continuing to learn. <laughs> now, this question has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but are you vegan? I am not Does vegan. That, no, no. Because I, I noticed that um, when I've seen women who are, especially women of color, who have been addressing some of the the gut health issues, mm -hmm. have turned to veganism as a means of really that healing. And for yeah. some, it's worked pretty well. Yeah, I've been trying to be really cognizant of what I eat, and I'm working with a health coach right now, and take note of what feels good for me and what doesn't, and a lot of plant based stuff mm -hmm. for sure. What do you hope for women of color? Mm, I have lots of hopes. I think the biggest thing for myself and for the woman of color that I'm surrounding myself with is for us to learn to trust ourselves and to listen to our bodies more. For so many years, I neglected my body and my own needs. And I hope that we can create space for ourselves to just be okay with listening to what we need for once. And that's not easy. Sometimes we'll do it for a little bit here and there, but it's not the sustainable journey. And I read this quote the other day of I was talking about how a woman becomes her best friend when she actually cares for her own health. And it was this like beautiful moment of, I can be my own best friend. I can be that person who nourishes myself. But what does that really look like for me long-term? What are your hopes for the future? Mm. Your own, Marquette's, the world? Yeah. Just a little tiny question. I hope that we can learn how to be free, free to explore what we're excited about, what it means for us to be healthy beings, for us to be able to connect and love each other well. Unfortunately, I feel like there's so many limitations that are presented to us. But for me, my own journey, I've come to realize that it's important to prioritize that space to express ourselves in ways that is healthy for us. And for me, it took really prioritizing yoga and my own self-care to be able to get on this journey. And it definitely wasn't easy. And it took time, but I'm really grateful. I'm the happiest that I've ever been in my life. And I'm grateful for that. I know um, I find some way when I'm having conversations with students to ask them, number one, how do they sort of manage their lives? And usually they're saying they, they do lists. They like to do lists. And I said, and are you on that list? Yeah. And they kind of stop and maybe not so much. So been trying to sort of inculcate that sense of them being their top priority so that those other priorities can be addressed in meaningful ways. What would you like our community to know about you and your journey? I think for me, what's been most important is education, of furthering my own education and supporting other people. Since I was a young girl, I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> and it's been really beautiful and fun for me to see how that's manifested in different ways into the space I'm in now as a yoga teacher, guide. I have so much value in taking the time to learn. I constantly see myself as a student. I'm always learning, taking new trainings to be able to learn more about how to serve other people in a greater capacity, but also educating how I myself on how I can support myself alongside that journey. And so it's been a really beautiful time of learning how to balance those things out. If you had to give a tip or two to other women who may be sort of struggling to find that balance, what might you suggest they do or start with? 
Learning how to say no more. For me, I had to really sit down and look at my schedule and decide what was nourishing me when it came to social commitments, when it came to life responsibilities. I really significantly cut back and I know that that wasn't easy for me initially and I had to communicate with loved ones that I was prioritizing myself and I needed space to just be on my own. I had used the busyness of my schedule as an excuse to neglect myself for so long. And so I think the number one thing for me, at least, was to say no and communicate to people clearly why I was saying no if this is the time in which I'm taking to care for myself. And also to be really patient that this process, this healing journey can really take time and it's uncomfortable and some weeks it feels better than others. And in the beginning of every yoga practice that I tell myself, I tell myself, you're going to be patient, Parisa, patient, Parisa. And I've been trying to embody that more because for so long I've been that person who wants things to happen now. (laughs) I want quick results. I like to be in control. And it's been this journey of learning how to trust myself and the universe and allow things to come as it needs to. And it requires time. As you were talking about sort of getting into practice of saying no, and that can sometimes feel sort of negative, just no, no, no. But what I was hearing, though, is that you have given yourself space to say yes to yourself. Definitely, definitely. And it's been really empowering. And every time I say yes to caring for myself, I feel so much better afterwards. And my community also understands too, and they've seen the growth in me. And so it's been really nice to have that support because I've been able to clearly communicate to people if I'm prioritizing myself and this is why I won't be coming to X, Y, and Z. What would your motto be? Mm. A motto in life or a motto with my work? Anything you want mm-hmm. that helps guide you along your way. The word stillness comes to mind. I think the thing that's coming to mind for me right now is don't be afraid of being still. I think for so long I viewed stillness equating it with this laziness or this lack of drive. And I found a lot of power in allowing myself to be, to sit with myself, whether that's in nature or on my yoga mat or with people too, of allowing us to simply be with one another and recognizing that there's power in that and there's comfort in that and there's healing in that. And it's helped me calm my nervous system in ways that I could have never imagined. I'm really grateful for that. Thank you so much, Parisa, for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me, Sheena. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.